And if you have a wonderful show and you want to do another show that is themed, it should be not, not at the same level of your first show, it should be better. Take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi, and this is Season 6, Chapter 4. And today we have an interview with Alberto Nava from Italy, the inventor of the headband technique. Alberto Nava's other side is the fact that he is a performer, and this totally changes the way that he does balloons. He has 27 different themed shows, and his ideas in this episode today, I think, will blow your mind because some of the uh, ideas are just very practical and you can actually take right away, as well as the inspiration from hearing how he cares about, about fashion and his costumes and everything. Is, uh, it's, it's just so, so good. Um, I want to share with you, before we go into the interview, a quick story about the environment. Um, I have a four-year-old, and Idan, little Idan, used to use a pacifier during his night time, and he heard that one of the kids in his kindergarten got rid of the pacifier in a special ceremony, and he decided that he wants to get rid of the pacifier as well. And uh, what he suggested that we will do is that we will basically shove the pacifier into a big 16-inch helium balloon. He didn't say 16-inch, but basically that's what he wanted, imagined. And then that we will uh, set it away to the skies, and this will be his farewell um, party from the pacifier. Um, we were uh, very excited as parents, to do so, to be honest with you, uh, because he's, we wanted him to get rid of it uh, quite for some time. We didn't push him to do so, and we wa waited for him to be ready, and we were happy that he's finally ready. Uh, but then came the seven-year-old, Sapir, and approached us when she heard this idea, and she said, uh, Daddy, you can't send the helium balloon out there with no supervision, because I learned in science class that the turtles in the sea, they sometimes eat plastic bags, and then they get sick and they die. Uh, and she asked me, Daddy, do you want the turtles to die? And I was shocked and quite proud as well, and I told her, no, I don't want the turtles to die, I really don't. And they said, she said, like, then Why? Why, Daddy? Why are you throwing away stuff into the sea? And I said, but it's not plastic bags, it's balloons. And she said, well, it doesn't matter. They can die from the balloons, too. And they can die from the pacifier. And basically, she was right. Eventually, what we did, uh, we convinced little Idan that we're going to put the pacifier into the balloon, which we did, put some helium inside, which we did. And then, while the balloon is tied to a very, very, very long string, we're going to put the balloon in the sky for the night. And when he wakes up, the, 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 the pacifier will be gone. Um, and that way, we can really assure that no turtle 
will be hurt during the process of this. Eventually, it was a great success. Uh, we launched the balloon. You know, little Eden hugged it and said farewell. And we launched it into the air. And after he fell asleep, we took it back down. And I popped it and threw away the pacifier to the garbage bin. And in the morning, I showed Eden that the balloon is safe and that no turtles were hurt during the making of, you know, of this uh, magic trick, basically. I think that I should express my opinions on, on the ecology more often on this show. It's, you know, it's easy to have opinions, but to actually do something about them, that's the hard part. So have a think about that and talk to you later after the interview with Alberto Nava. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Ivi Kivi, and we are live from CAX 18 here in Los Angeles. And I have the privilege of interviewing Alberto Nava, the creator of the hairband idea and an amazing entertainer and balloon artist. Hello, Alberto. How are you? Hi, Zivi. Amazing. After two weeks after Tristan Shout and CAX, uh, this is a great, great time to be here. Uh, you were teaching here in CAX about your many, many shows and the way that you customize them. And this is one of the reasons uh, I wanted to talk with you about. But first of all, we have to ask you about, you know, there's a big elephant in the room and that is the hairband idea. How did you come up with this idea and what um, uh, type of feedback do you get for this uh, contribution to the industry? Well, the... So first of all, the hairband idea, I presented it to the balloon community in 2010 during the, the tour, the TGM tour with Robbie Furman. Um, but I started using this idea around 2004, 2005. I was shopping in a, in a store of products for, uh, you know, hair clips and, and combs and brushes uh, for, my, for my face painter. And, uh, and then I saw this... Um, uh, hairbands and they were bases so I started playing with that idea and then and then from there I, in one afternoon I developed like 30 creations and the, the seed was planted um, as far for the feedbacks um, the feedbacks that I got are amazing uh, people really love them and every time I go to Twist and Shout and, and now it's the third year I, I believe that the hairband competition is, is there uh, it's it's always so overwhelming and and so it, it's really really uh something that changed uh, the the life of many people from what i can see and so it really makes me happy i have to take my personal hat off because doing hairband helps me as a balloon artist to differentiate myself and it's very practical people love wearing it for much longer so the value that i bring to customers is just phenomenal so and of course it was well received all through the world so thank you for that and uh, keep doing <laughs> that type of things and uh, uh, inspire so many people so i would like you to tell us a little bit about how did you came uh, into showmanship in the level that you uh, do it right now so I started doing um, magic when I was eight years old with a with a box, you know, box of tricks uh, received for for Christmas uh, from from the UK from my aunt, and um, from there I, I always wanted to be a magician. So I said, Mom, when I grow up, I want to be a magician. Then uh, uh, when when I finished high school, I said, Mom, I want to be a magician. And she said, Okay, first you got a degree, and then you can be whatever you want. 
So I took a degree in economics at the Bocconi University in, in Milan. And after that, I still wanted to do balloons and be a magician. So here I am. Um, as far as being on, on the stage, I always enjoyed performing. I did some theater during uh, junior high school. Uh, I did, uh, I, and I always performed my magic for my family and with my friends. Uh, so I always really in, enjoyed this. Uh, also doing hand puppets uh, always been uh, um, something that I really liked. And then in, in when I was 16, during high school, I learned how to juggle. And then in a juggling store, I found my first uh, balloon book. And then that was love at first uh, twist. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, but you didn't stop just by taking yourself into the show business. Uh, you've developed this uh, to quite a, a company that does many things and also like the level and polish of what you do is unheard of, I feel. Uh, and we'll put maybe a few pictures of your uh, of your shows of your different themed shows in the balloonartistpodcast.com website so people can understand uh, the magnitude of this because you may have heard about alberto nava but you really haven't had an entire side in his life that is very impressive until you see a few of his um, of his work of his themed uh, shows so how did you start with uh, theming your shows So first of all, I, I love being creative. I love uh, all the movies and, and I'm a big Disney fan. So I always look uh, forward looking what they are doing, what they are uh, planning for, for the upcoming future. So first of all, when I need to plan a new show, uh, I always look at the movie release schedule for the next three years and I see what's com coming up. So according to that uh, if there's many movies coming up about pirates i will refresh my pirate show or if there's a new movie coming up about animals i will build up a new animal movie uh, animal show um that's that's one one uh, point to be always ahead of time um when i build my shows i always start from uh, writing down uh what what are the the key elements of the theme and then developing magic and and uh, experiences and tricks and gags around it performing the shows it's what makes them perfect so when i start with a show i always try it on a live audience uh, because you never know the live reaction you you will get something may work on paper may work on rehearsal but will not work with a real audience as far as For the quality of the show, I'm at one point where if I do something, I, I really place a lot of effort and a lot of uh, resources, also, also money in, in it, because you want to be always at your best. You want to look always polished. And if you have a wonderful show and you want to do another show that is themed, it should be not, not at the same level of your first show, it should be better. So you keep getting better and better. And also, once you have a, a basic structure for a show, you always work around that. Because when you find the, uh, you know, the, 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 the bone system, the, the, the skeleton of the show, then you build all around that. Can you tell us a little bit about costumes specifically? Because you have um, 27 different themed shows and each of them, You, you appear not just with a different backdrop or, or 
um, equipment and props and totally different magic tricks uh, and effects, but you also have your own unique costume. How do you get yourself to, to, to make that happen? Well, first of all, I, I really love to dress up and this is something that helps. Meaning if you are always around in, in t-shirt, then every time, the first time you put on a suit, we will feel uncomfortable. I always, um, I, I always had many different costumes during my, uh, my life. So, uh, that's, that's something that for me comes easy. I have no embarrassment in any, in any case. I can wear a, a full pink suit with no problem. Also, the costumes and the quality and the attention you put on details will show right away. They say the first impressions, you know, the first eight seconds are what they, what makes an everlasting impression on, on people. And, and that's it. If you see me and I'm like there in, in a perfectly fitted suit uh, or, a, or a brand new costume and shiny and, and with many details on it, you will just go, wow. And that's, that's what, what you want. Because that the first impression you can't change it. It will take you a lot of effort. So if the first impression is uh, amazing, from there everything is downhill. And uh, when you arrive to an event, are you already in costume? I always, always, always change myself at the venue um, because my character it's a different thing from me. I am me, Alberto. And then there is my character and my character it's in my suitcase and will come out. Uh, my character, of course, has a different set of values, have, uh, um, has restrictions, uh, has um, a different voice uh, and a different ap approach with children. Uh, as in uh, the main character for uh, McDonald's is Ronald McDonald and the people that impersonate him will ne they are never allowed to tell not even to the families who they are so they say they are the drivers of ronald so they drive ronald to the place then of course they will get changed and play ronald but that's that's the same thing for me always try to learn from the best people because this is this is how you do how, how you grow up and and also the fact that you are getting changed at the venue sets clearly when your performing starts once you step out from your changing room that's showtime you are on stage do you perform with your shows uh, outside of italy i perform all around italy i perform in switzerland i perform in europe i perform in the us um, I performed in Japan for, for a wedding for a special friend of mine. There are no barriers on where to perform. Uh, I can perform in Italian, in English, and a little bit in Spanish, or I can perform just with music. So uh, I think magic and smiles and, and balloons are really universal, and they allow you to perform everywhere. How important are the balloons for you in your uh, shows? Balloons in my shows are very important because I want to do something unique and I'm lucky enough to have uh, uh, very few other twisters uh, in Italy uh, that do shows. So the average uh, um, balloon art to which my uh, customers are exposed is usually very low. So I, I really like to, to push the limit and give them something extra special. So it, it's something that like they've never experienced before and they, they don't even think they are balloons. I mean, they, they, I've seen balloons on the street before, but this is 
this is something completely different. Where, how is this possible? In your lecture, you talked about the revolution of the two balloon sculptures as uh, giveaways in your events. Can you share with us the, this uh, tactic and how well does it work for you? Performing balloons in front of people uh, requires not only the skills on how to make balloons, which are the basics, uh, but especially the important part is be able to make it entertaining. And I've seen many performers uh, doing uh, line work or, or stage, stage shows with balloons uh, with children on their side, and it's just plain boring. Um, so what I, what I do in my shows, I give a special um, sculpture uh, made uh, on the spot, so made live uh, around six to seven to ten minutes maximum um, so I make a large balloon sculpture for the birdie boy or the birdie girl and then all the other balloons to give to all the, the children are already made and I price this in my show and I pre-made them uh, in my studio and everybody gets a very nice balloon which is always made of one or two balloons maximum if it's more than that uh, they will I will charge more but with two balloons you can do many many things from swords to mm, magic wands to uh, other themed uh, design according to the show and the balloons they always change they always um, themed according to the show that I'm doing and uh, mm, this will allow you to finish the party on a high note and, and the energy is going up 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 because if after you do the, the main balloon for the birthday boy, you start preparing balloon in front of people for 20 kids, the energy will drop down dramatically because now it's like you are at the grocery store waiting to get your bread and there's a queue in front of you and, and that's not entertaining anymore, even if you do something very different. Um, I will do perform balloons live, live so with all different uh, um, designs, uh, only for, for an audience of 15 kids or less. But my parties are always with way more kids, so always, always, uh, um, always pre-make them. So you have basically uh, some balloons ready-made and you give them away after making the big sculpture, which takes uh, around seven minutes, up to seven minutes or so. I would like to ask you, is that, is that the last thing you do in the event? Uh, in the gig um, and what is the actual flow of an event uh, in Italy where you perform? So my setup time is uh, around one hour. Uh, I like to never rush things and I always do perform one show per day. Um, it's one hour setup so I'm ready and everything is ready when ki the kids arrive. We have around 20 to 30 minutes of uh, uh, welcome so music playing in the background they're getting stickers uh, uh, they're getting some food if they're coming from directly from school they're meeting each other if there's other form of entertainment they're getting face painted they are doing hair braiding they're getting uh, pictures taken in the photo booth depending on what they're doing on what kind of party i'm performing at I would say usually around 30 to 45 minutes from when the first kid arrived to when we have everybody. And when we have everybody, we start the show. I get everybody, they are sitting down. The show is very interactive, but they will stay seated on the floor for 45 to 60 minutes with no problem. 
um, magic show uh, themed. It's magic, it's balloons, it's puppets. For most of my characters, I will end it up with a climb inside balloon act, which they love, which I have three different versions of. And um, after that, there will be dancing. So I don't do I don't do dance. I do musical games uh, with uh, all not children's songs. Songs I use mostly. Uh, the latest songs they know because now they are exposed to all the uh, songs that mom listened to in the car so um, it that's that's the the party games that I do and then at, at that point we are about two hours into the party we will have the break for the cake so we'll sing happy birthday everybody will get a cake so we'll get about 20 15 20 minutes between cake and, and eating the cake so after the cake we will start the balloon part of the of the show so we'll gather everybody around do the special balloon for the birthday boy or birthday girl and then if they want to open the present at the venue. We will open the present and then give the balloon after that. If they don't want to open the present, we will give the balloon away to everybody so they can play and finish up with uh, with some more music to dance with and uh, goodbyes and pictures. And uh, this is the normal uh, schedule of a, of a show. And it's usually around three hours. Can you explain us a little bit about uh, what do you do in the dance portion of the games, the games with music, I mean, um, how long is it? What type of games do you do? And how can people learn more about that? So the games at the party, they, they are always musical games. And uh, music is uh, a key point in my, in my shows uh, because it, 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 uh, it gives a, a way for me to relate to children even more because every time I play a song that they know, they will come and tell me, oh, I know this one. So this one uh, gives me a lot of power. Um, my musical games are very simple ones, uh, using uh, um, musical statues, uh, um, taking different positions when uh, every time the music stop, and according to the music and to the to the theme, uh, we will have different position to take. And so it, it's something very simple, but it gives a great opportunity also for my photographer to um, to take great pictures. So uh, everybody freeze uh, like. A a strong man and everybody frees uh, like a monster everybody frees like a superhero so you get amazing shots and they're fun and uh, you don't have to play all the songs i mean I, I i would play probably 20 songs in 20 minutes because you just need one bit and then you are entertaining so you have this playlist ready made for for your show and uh, is that also different from show to show or is it usually just the latest of uh, music that are um, loved at that time and are popular? I have 27 playlists for the 27 different shows uh, for the show, meaning for the music of the show going during the show. Then I have one main playlist for the dance part, uh, which is always updated with, with the new stuff going on top of the, of the uh, chart. And then uh, I have uh, I have another playlist for uh, grown-ups. I, I, I perform for a one-year-old to eighteen-year-old. So of course uh, I have I have many many different uh, um, eyes, uh, um, age groups. Um, 
so the, the playlist for grown-ups uh, has maybe uh, complete songs as uh, there are maybe these songs that have uh, lyrics that are not uh, okay for, for, for little ones and uh, of course they are cut in the version for, for the children but they are not for the version for, uh, for older kids You have a daughter, she's now uh, four years old? She's 16 months old. She's 16 oh, months. 16 months, wow. Um, and uh, did she see you uh, perform already? Yes, she did. Yeah, she did. And actually, I was very surprised because uh, she, she, she really behaves. So she sits down, she sees the whole the show, and she won't come running for me, even if there are other kids. I, I, I think it's, it's quite impressive. Yes, and uh, give her a couple of years, she will stop doing that perhaps, um, and it's, it's, uh, in any way it's great fun to, to perform to your own kids, um, uh, very exciting. You, you seem to be having uh, a, this hobby to co collect toys as well, um, so that you could use them in your future shows. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the things that you Uh, look for when you're looking uh, in a toy shop or when you're shopping i am a, a huge disney fan but I'm, i'm a huge cartoon fan so everything that is a uh, disney universal warner bros uh, it, it appeals to me um i i always try to look at things uh, and toys if i if i really want something i i will buy it and then build a piece of magic around it uh but sometimes i'm just looking in the ma in the in the in the toy stores uh for for new things and when i see something that can be used as a as a prop in my in my magic show i will just buy it and and start playing with it and uh, i have a, an amazing uh Uh, Christmas stocking shaped as uh, Mickey, the sorcerer's uh, apprentice, and uh, I transformed it in a change bag for my magic show, and, and it's amazing, and I love it. Um, I use uh, mm, lunch boxes, the metal ones. Uh, they are perfect to make, uh, for example, uh, poles appear. Uh, they are the perfect size, and uh, everything that is uh, immediately appealing to the children, it's always uh, something that will work in the show and will bring out attention and uh, I can testify after seeing your lecture that the variety of toys and ideas that later become really clever um, magic tricks or, or interaction pieces in your shows it's very inspiring and as a person that loves toys too it's just uh, I, I can imagine how fun it was not just to find those toys, but also to incorporate them and, and to see the reactions, because uh, you get those reactions uh, very well. Alberto Nava, if someone wants to learn more from you or about you, where should they go? Wow, that's a good question. Uh, I'm not that good on, uh, as a social media presence, Uh, just because I really love to interact with people when, when I meet them. So I, I don't post that often on my social media, uh, but you can, of course, check them. My, my Facebook is uh, Alberto Nava, and, of course, my business page is uh, Crazy Balloons Italy. So you can, you're more than welcome to check that one. Um, we have an Instagram account also for Crazy Balloons Italy um, and our website, crazyballoons.it or magoalberto.it. And uh, you will be teaching this year again where? I will be teaching at uh, Tricks in the Sticks, which is an amazing magic convention for uh, children uh, and family entertainers in the UK, which is in May uh, 
in the UK, I would say around the 22nd, 23rd of May, but I will have to double check. You can go on Tricks in, in, Tricks in the Sticks or on the website of Practical Magic and you will find it. And this is an event that usually sells out extremely fast. So uh, by the time you're hearing this, there's a good chance that the best way for you to learn from Alberto Nava is to purchase uh, one of his DVDs. Can you tell us uh, about uh, your DVDs, please, and how people can get uh, their hands on that? Uh, DVDs, uh, I have uh, two DVDs on hairbands, hairbands and hairbands 2.0. I have a DVDs on uh, uh, squeakers, so it's called Squeak and Easy. Uh, then as other products, we have squeaker, we have uh, hairbands. Uh, I recently um, uh, developed a piñata portfolio, uh, which is uh, another great idea for entertainers and decorators, uh, and that's available too. Um, you can buy directly from me in Europe, uh, or you can buy through distributors. Uh, Balloon Express in Italy is carrying uh, a lot of my things. Uh, uh, in the US, T. Myers or Continental Sale uh, is carrying my products. Um, and also other distributor in in Europe uh, um, arcane products so best best way is uh, send me an email uh, at alberto at crazyballoons.it and I will point you in the right direction according to where you live and we will put the email address as well and the links to your website and the social media presence on the show notes of balloonartistpodcast.com um, thank you Alberto Nava for all that you do and for for being such a such a, an amazing contribution to the industry and I hope uh, to meet you again soon thanks it was a pleasure being here I hope you've enjoyed the interview with Alberto Nava I sure enjoyed meeting him and learning from him he is such an inspiration it actually helped me to spend some time with Alberto Nava and actually made me self-aware of the fact that I actually like fashion too and that is something that is okay Thank you for, for listening. Just as a final note on the topic of the environment and the ecology, I just want to let you know, I personally think that balloon releases are litter, and litter is litter is litter. Even if it's biodegradable, it's still litter. And that's not something you should do to the environment. It's not something that you should do for the turtles and really do you want those turtles to die why with that said i hope i'll see you again next week in the balloon artist podcast Hello Balloon Artist Podcast Nation, this is Zivi Kivi and this is the Season 6 Chapter 4 Tip section and today the tip is to forgive yourself. Now I want to give you more context on that but in general that's a good tip. If there's some, some beating that you're doing with a stick on yourself and you're like telling yourself that you're not d good because of this reason or because of that or you're not, that you're not good enough or whatnot then you need to stop this and you need to forgive yourself. Um, if you bought a lot of DVDs or digital downloads or even a membership in Balloon Artist College and you haven't used it as much as you want to, you need to stop worrying about it uh, and, and stop beating yourself with a stick on it and stop feeling bad about it. And yes, 
you know, go ahead and, and schedule some time for education, schedule some time for practicing, but don't punish yourself on the things that you did in the past. Those are in the past. You cannot change them. What you can change is the present and the future. One of the things that I do in the Blue Nautist College is I structure everything in a way where you don't only get access to the replays while being a member, you get access to, to the replays for life, for the year that you join. And that is a way for me trying to help people not feeling bad about not consuming the content because they can eventually consume it maybe even later, even after being, after they no longer, no longer uh, are members. Um, but that is, you know, something that you cannot go back and consume content unless you forgive yourself for all of the time, all of those months uh, that you didn't consume it. And you need to forgive yourself for all of those kids that you could have made happier and all of your customers that you could have made happier by serving them better if you did invest more time in, in education and if you did invest more time on your skills. But that's not something that you can dwell on. Do you cannot dwell upon this. You need to forgive yourself and just go and do it. You can control your future and not your past. Thank you guys for listening for the Balloon Artist Podcast and see you next week. Bye-bye.